Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 chair. Got it free, goes in behind the goal, goes over to the right side to the blue line of Myers. Hit shot misses. Here's Horvat, he scores! Bo Horvat got it off the end boards and got it in on the angle, and the Canucks have a 3-2 lead. Bo Horvat, the game winner tonight for the Vancouver Canucks. He had four points, two goals, and two assists. And the Canucks win it 5-2 over the Edmonton Oilers tonight at Rogers Place. So another home ice disappointment for Edmonton. They do not have a very good record on home ice, just 9-9-1. And they go to 18-15-2 on the season. The Canucks pulled their way up to 500 for the year at 15-15-3. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown in Studio 99 for Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Thanks for joining us. It's 9:48. Well, Rob, uh, the Oilers you know, started the game well, which Very sometimes well. they don't. Uh, first nine shots, led it two nothing after the first period. Huge goal with 4.1 seconds left in the first, and you're thinking, okay, maybe they're they're on their way tonight. Maybe they thought that too. Uh, credit to Vancouver; they really fought back. Delia made some huge saves when needed, and Vancouver gets the victory. Let's go down to the Hall of Fame room. Here's Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft. To according to what uh, we wanted to have happen, and um, we gave up a goal in the first minute of the second period. Uh, we took o- uh, two ozone penalties. Um, we were unable to score on our power play chances, and we killed off uh, three minutes and 56 seconds, but not the full four minutes on one of their power plays. And then heading into the third period, it was game on, and uh, we made a mistake on um, on a, a breakout, and uh, it ended up in the back of our net. I know you're not happy with, with the last 40 minutes in terms of the score. Were you happy with kind of the effort and the way things played out in, in terms of how the guys kind of competed? Yeah, I, I think we're beyond the point of moral victories. Uh, we, we have expectations to have effort every night. And, uh, you know, we just thought our execution and, um, you know, too many mistakes as the game wore on. Uh, I know you weren't here for the fir- beginning of last year, but this exact same record through 35 games. Uh, no, you can't really make the comparison, but well, how would you kind of categorize the state of your team with an 18, 15, and 2 record going into the Yeah, I don't think that's that's a fair comparison, like you said, uh, just because I wasn't here for that. So um, it would be unfair for me to comment on that. How worrisome is it, your home record, your last couple of games? games you've thrown away points against teams below you in the standings you have to start dominating games at home yeah I don't you know you go to teams below us in the standings but I go to you know every game this season has been competitive um 
you know, do we want to have a better home record? Yeah, we do. We uh, want to make the people of Edmonton proud and play and play with a level of execution and passion in front of them. Um, tonight, I thought we played hard. Uh, we got the lead, but uh, we were unable to sustain it. So. To not be able to do that at home is, is certainly frustrating for everybody. We're looking to um, improve that record as we move on. Is it more, um, you know, the, you like to win right, right before the break. I get that traditionally. Yep. But when you put the effort down that you put down in Dallas against a top team in a tough building and you play at 60 minutes of really solid hockey and you can't duplicate it two nights later, is that frustrating? Well, we're trying to find a level of consistency. I mean, that's been our um, mantra kind of all season. You know, we've uh, shown that we can play uh, against the best teams in the league and, and um, you know, find ways to beat them. Uh, but for me, um, you know, uh, I thought we played pretty well in the first 20 minutes. We were unable to sustain that for a full 60 minutes. Um, I thought the other team was opportunistic. I thought they got some good goaltending that held them, held them uh, in the game. And when they got on the board, um, they were able to find the result they wanted. Um, but for me, certainly, we're looking to improve our, our measure of consistency. We've seen some young goalies come in here without, you know, huge track records, but play really well in your building this year. Uh, that kid from Anaheim, tonight's Colin Delia. When you look at the video the next day, do you see just a team gets beaten by an excellent goaltender or do you see a team that could do more to score on that goaltender? I see both. I see both. Sometimes goaltenders have nights. Um, but tonight, you know, I thought at when the score was 2-1, we had numerous chances um, to find that third goal and, and create a little bit more of a uh, separation. Um, you know, uh, it didn't go in for us. Uh, part of that's on us. Part of it's uh, credit to the other team's goaltender who played very well tonight. Good. Good thanks, guys. That is Jay Woodcroft at the mic for Eclipse Restoration, named one of Western Canada's best restoration contractors three years in a row. Call 780-250-HELP or visit eclipse247.ca. Oilers lose 5-2 to the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown in Studio 99. Well, a lot to talk about, and uh, he mentioned the, the chances the Oilers had when it was... 2-1 for, for Edmonton, and I jotted uh, Costin set up Nugent Hopkins, nice give and go, about 18 minutes left. Nugent Hopkins, shorthanded breakaway, doesn't finish. McDavid, that shot on the power play, I thought that was going in. Looked like on the replay, uh, Dealey might have even got it with his throat, uh, or his mask, I'm not sure, it hit him up high to make the save, and then even the shorthanded rush where the fans wanted a penalty, McDavid did get a shot away. He, yep. he got a diving backhand shot away, so uh, Delia was was good. To, to keep Vancouver in it to prevent the Oilers from maybe getting a two-goal lead in the second period. And then the Canucks kept working, and yeah. full credit to them. Well, when when the Oilers win on the road, and they've done that numerous times this year, there's at times where Skinner or Campbell has come up with big saves at big moments. And the Oilers have fed off of that, and usually when they get a big save, they go down and they create something or score a goal. Well, that's what happened tonight with the Vancouver Canucks. Delia made a number of big saves. He didn't allow the Oilers to extend the lead in the second period. And the, the Vancouver Canucks fed off it. Uh, they became a much more desperate and urgent team. 
and they got better as the game went on. They survived the first 10 minutes. They got a, a fortunate goal. Uh, it was a lucky goal, the first Miller goal, uh, not one that you would expect to go in. And all of a sudden, there was some belief on their in their lineup. And the one thing that we talked about was the fact that the Vancouver Canucks have come back numerous times this year. They're, they they have the ability. They got guys that can score. The problem for the Canucks most of the time is keeping pucks out of the net. Well, they had a goalie come in tonight and play fantastic for them. Made big saves when they needed them. And then they had guys that, when they got their chances, capitalized. I think the, the bottom line was Canucks executed better than the Oilers did. When they had their grade-A scoring chances, they put the puck in the back of the net. When the Oilers did, they didn't. You got a fan club here, right? I do. I got in town. I got my brother in town. I got my son in town. It's Christmas time at the Browns house. Now your brother is a uh, pretty important sports writer. Well, he is the Canadian press sports editor. So he's very important. He's very Well, he tells me that all the time. And my son is going to be the next Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio. I don't even say the guy's name, but my son's an actor in Vancouver. He's in his final year of schooling. So, yep. It's nice to see them here. Too it bad, is very bad, nice to have them not after, not after a win. Uh, power play tonight, uh, 0 for 3 for Edmonton. And here's the thing. Most teams, you'd think, if they get, if they think, well, if we will get four power plays, we want to get one. Then we're mm-hmm. 25%. Yep. The Oilers are thinking if they get three, they should get one. And they couldn't tonight, and that was huge as well. It was huge, though it wasn't through lack of effort and la- lack of opportunities. They had a number of great A scoring chances on their power play. Uh, some great saves, some bad luck, some posts. There was the one power play the Oilers had three times. They had wide open nets, and they just kept hitting sticks and feet. Uh, it's one of those ones where the the puck just didn't find the back of the net, they, though the, to- the, the opportunities were there. If you're going to beat the Oilers, you've got to stop their power play. The Canucks did. And you've got to stop their big players. And tonight, Connor had the goal. and I did, So they had one point, Connor and Leon each. Yep. Well, so at the beginning of the game, Bruce Boudreaux says, okay, we, we limit Connor and Leon to one point each. Their power play doesn't score. They're probably feeling pretty good about themselves. And at the end of the night, I, I would say that the Vancouver Canucks got what they deserved. I thought as the game went on, they were the better of the two teams. McDavid does run his point streak to 15 games, 31 points over the course of that streak. I set the line at two and a half before the game. Assists by Oilers defensemen. They didn't get any. Tyson Berry has his run of 12 assists in eight games come to an end. River Cree Resort and Casino excitement bet on it. Robin took the under and gets the $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card. 5-2 the Canucks take it. This has been an ongoing topic for us is you see the Oilers you know, start to do things well or even have a game or two where they do things well, maybe even if they don't win. Uh, and then, you know, it doesn't get sustained. And I, I, I feel that way tonight. I thought the Dallas game was really encouraging. Yep. Now, again, credit to the Canucks. Of course, there's two teams out there. But, you know, winning teams got to overcome good efforts by other teams. And, and now, you know, three straight home games the Oilers have lost. Uh, St. Louis was the shootout. You lose to Vancouver. Uh, you lose again tonight. I said it off the top, 9-9-1 nine, nine and one is not a good home record no. for a team with playoff aspirations. Like, is inconsistent too simple to su- sum it up? Is, is there something else going on? See, I, I don't know if, if I would call it inconsistent. I just think that the Oilers are a team that play well enough every game to win, but they also make enough mistakes in each game to lose. 
the Oilers had enough enough chances in this game to win the hockey game. If you look at the the breakaways, had the the power play opportunities, uh, those chances. If they go in, it's a different ball game. So I, I just think that, and what their their offensive abilities allow them to beat any team on any night. And there's not a team in the National Hockey League that when the Oilers line up against them that I don't think the Oilers can come out on top of. But I also believe that the way the Oilers uh, have nights where they miss assignments, where they don't check defensively as well as they should. I mean, in, in tonight's game, there's a couple times where Vancouver Canucks, the third goal, Nugent Hopkins, who's a very good defensive player, gets on the wrong side of Bo Horvat. I mean, it, everything had to work out for Bo Horvat there. The puck had to go off the backboards, come out, but he was still on the proper side. Nugent Hopkins wasn't. The Who scored the fourth goal for Vancouver? The Mikheyev goal. Mikheyev. Evan Bouchard. Well, that was a turnover. Yeah, they turned it over, and Evan Bouchard gets on the wrong side of Horvat again. We say Horvat's name a lot. There's a guy that a lot of teams are going to be looking for, but he gets on the wrong side of Horvat. So now Horvat's coming out, and it turns into a two-on-one, and Mikheyev has a wide-open shot from the slot. So in a game that the Oilers had ample opportunities to score and take the lead or extend the lead, they also made these big mistakes that allowed the other team their opportunity. So that's, to me, I don't think the Oilers are inconsistent. I think in Dallas, the pucks went in for them. In that game, that was the one where Ben had a wide open net and hit the post. That actually was a huge moment in the game. He doesn't score. The Oilers score not too long after that. Here tonight, the Canucks capitalized on there. So I just don't think, I think the Oilers are a team that, will never, rarely will blow a team out, rarely will get blown out. I think they're all going to be one-goal games because they're so good offensively and sometimes laps defensively. Yeah, well, they have played a lot of close games. I mean, I know this will be a, a three-goal game, as was the game against Dallas. They were both tied with 10 minutes left in yes. the third, so I consider those close games. 5-2, the Canucks take it tonight. You can get us on the Certainty hotline, 780-496-0063. Certainty, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. Certainteed Pro all the way. We have Marco standing by. Marco, thanks for calling. Go ahead. Not a problem, guys. Hey, uh, just phoning in. I really like Jesse Pugliarvi's play tonight. I thought he would pick it up and was physical and shooting the puck. I thought he looked really good on that first line. But I feel like our defense seemed to be getting feed up consistently kind of game after game. Do you think we could do something like John Tortorella did where maybe sitting one of our better defensemen or, or sending a message like that might be, might be in the fold? Um, Not right now with Broberg and Murray injured. And in all honesty, I I think each, each night it's a different defenseman that is making a mistake. I just think the Oilers as a team don't play as well defensively as they did last year after Jay Woodcroft came in as they did in the playoffs last year. So I'm not sure sitting one guy will will correct any of the the defensive lapses. And it's not all on the defenseman. There's forwards that are making the same poor coverage decisions. Uh, as far as Pugliarvi, here, here's the thing with Pugliarvi. I thought, yes, he did a lot of really good things in this game. Really, really good things. Separated guys from pucks. He won battles behind the net. Uh, he created offensive second chances because he won uh, those battles. But where, yes, he, he's also playing in the top six. Derek Ryan scored his fifth goal of the season this year. Derek Ryan's averaging, what, eight minutes a night or nine minutes a night. And, yes, he's still on two goals playing with Connor and or Leon a lot of those games. So I agree, yes, he, there's a lot of things he does right, but for some reason, uh, the hockey gods or the goal-scoring gods just aren't on his side, and that's something that he's certainly going to want to figure out sooner rather than later, because at some point, Evander Kane's going to come back in the lineup, and he will be a top-six player. So then you're going to have to find out where Yessi Pugliarvi fits into this lineup. Well, and I think 
you know, bigger picture, that's one of the reasons why the Oilers don't have. And again, I've I've been saying the last couple of weeks. I mean, they're, they're not a terrible team, but I sit here saying, you know, they should have four to six more points. You know, and then you'll be hope. feeling better. Then yep. they're not in a wild card spot. They're second or third in the division. They have more teams chasing them. So. Uh, Derek Ryan has five goals. Yep. Like you said, depth player. He was scratched for one game. Yep. He, he missed one game. I'm pretty sure he was a healthy scratch. I don't think he was. Yeah, scratched. he was a healthy scratch. I so Holloway, who is, is a rookie, I don't want to mm-hmm. put a lot on him, but there was some hope he'd be a, chipping in. Uh, Holloway, Yamamoto, and Pugliarvi have combined for five goals. Yep. So Derek, like you said, Derek Ryan, who hardly plays, has uh, five goals. Has, has five goals. Is on pace for ten, and two guys who you thought could get. 15 to 20? Oh, I would. I would yeah, think, more, yeah, more I think you're, you're hoping for at least 20 for both those because you're thinking they're top six players after well, the I season wasn't they there had last year. Well, I was there with Pulley Arvey after you're the season yeah. last year. But and Holloway, who knows? A bit of a wild card. But, yeah. So, you know. But having said that, with those guys not scoring, the others still are a very good offensive team. What are they in the, the league in, in goals for? They're, they're yeah, they're top five. I think top they were five. third coming in tonight. So, again, even with Yamo and Pugliarvi and Fogel and Holloway and lack of depth scoring, even with all of that affecting this team, they still are in the top five in goal scoring. Goal scoring is not the issue with this team. Goal scoring is, has not been the issue all season long. And I know that you standings watch. I don't. But tonight's game was a huge game for the Vancouver Canucks. And I know that Bob talked, it's a team lower in the in the standings. It's a team that's gone through, I mean, they're on their third goal. They've gone through injuries. They've wanted their coach fire. I mean, all these things going on. Percentage points, they're not very far behind the Oilers right now. They're, I think they're five points behind, but they've got two games in hand. So the Oilers had a chance to kind of extend how far Vancouver was behind them in the standings. The Vancouver Canucks now, I mean, they're within striking distance of the Edmonton Oilers in the playoff race. The Edmonton Oilers are good enough to be a playoff team, but they also have lapses in their game that allow the non-playoff teams in the league to stay in games and as we saw against Anaheim and Vancouver can beat them yeah the Canucks pulled out 5-2 today uh, the Oilers led 2-0 after one did not score the rest of the game and if you think about this for the Canucks they were they said they were 0-5-2 they're 15-10-1 since then which yep. you know isn't isn't great but if you do that over the course of a full season you'll be you'll have a chance yep. if you know that's that's about 12 games over 500 for and, the year. And we've seen them the la- last year with Bruce, Bo- Bruce Boudreau, the, the type of se- runs they get on. They've, a couple of years in a row, they've had these big runs at the end of the year. They're capable of doing that, and that's what they're trying to get on right now. And again, they're doing this without their starter in net. Demko's been hurt for a while. This, is, this kid, though, I mean, give him credit. Delio played fantastic for the Vancouver Canucks tonight. He gave them a fighter's chance in this game. Yeah, and and you're right. I look at the standings a lot more than you do. Uh, if Calgary beats Anaheim tonight, they move a point ahead of the Oilers for the last wild card spot, and then they play each other on Monday. And then you start thinking, well, if the Oilers lose that, then it's then it's three. You know, boop, now, boop. now I know last year they were five or six out or whatever when yeah. they made the coaching change and got in, but that big run hasn't uh, hasn't started happening yet. It hasn't, and the one thing that becomes really important is, is the games within the Pacific Division. They're all four-point games, and I, if I'm uh, the Oilers or any team in the Pacific, going into the playoffs, I want to play against the Pacific Division teams. I don't want to cross right. over. So I don't want to be a wild-card team and have to play a very good 
Dallas or Colorado or Minnesota or one of those teams in the first round. So you want to win your division. So to do that or to be in your division, you want, you've got to beat the division teams. That's why anytime they play against the division teams like tonight, these are four-point games. And the game against the Calgary Flames in a few days, that is a big one too because both teams are underachieving on what they were expected to do this year. I think they'll both want to take their frustrations out on each other in that game. All right, Oilers lose 5-2. Let's go back down to the dressing room. Here is Zach Hyman. Zach, a really good start to the game for you guys, but then they just seem to elevate throughout. What do you think of the effort tonight? Uh, I mean, unacceptable. I think, yeah, we had a good start. We're up to nothing. We're the pressure team, and uh, and they're able to score five unanswered. So, obviously, uh, you can't win like that. Was that the start you guys were looking for, especially with that <clears> second <throat> half of the back-to-back? Oh, yeah, I mean, we're up to nothing, so it's a good start. The, we talked this morning about taking that game you play in Dallas and playing it you know, hopefully every night. Mm -hmm. uh, you didn't succeed in that tonight. What mm -hmm. happens? Where does that game go? What, the Dallas game or this one? The Dallas game, or the, the way you play. Well, we talked about in the morning. It's it's something that you talk about and you say this is you know the way that you need to play, and then it's different when you got to go out there and execute it, right? It's, it's, you can say they'll, you know, all the right things, you know, tell you guys all the right things, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, but at the end of the day, you know, you, you got the eye test out there. You can watch, you can see what happens, and clearly, uh, clearly we weren't good enough. I mean, we had a good start, and I think we faded a little bit, and then we got the goal at the end of the first, and uh, up to nothing, and then, yeah, five an answer. can happen. The whole ice game has got to be a concern here. You've wasted a bunch of points here lately. Yeah. Uh, it's starting to be a problem. Well, yeah, if you want to make the playoffs, you can't keep wasting points, right? I mean, uh, you keep saying, you know, you're in a good spot, you're in a good spot, but you got to win games, and you can't give up, give up games like that, especially against a team that's chasing you. So uh, we got to be better all around. All right, that is uh, Zach Hyman disappointed after the Oilers fall 5-2 to the Vancouver Canucks. It is a $200 donation to 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous from James H. Brown. Injury lawyers, when accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. They give 100 bucks for every Oilers goal, and we thank them for that. We had the uh, big delivery weekend last weekend for 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous. Okay, you can get us at 780-496-0063. We'll take a quick timeout here in Studio 99. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Peterson, left wing corner for Kuzmenko. Pulls it off the boards to the blue line for Bear. Hit shot, save made by Skinner. Rebound put on goal. Skinner, another save, and he covers it up. All right, that is Stuart Skinner's save of the game for Crystal Glass. Call 310 Glass or visit Crystal Glass. .ca Skinner stops 25 out of 29 tonight. So he takes the loss and uh, his record for the season drops to 10-9-1. Vancouver wins it 5-2, three goals in the final eight minutes of the third period to get the win. Crystal Glass, call 310-GLASS or visit crystalglass.ca bringing you our save the game. Big night in Washington. Alexander Ovechkin scores 
twice. He's up to 802 career goals. He passes Gordie Howe. Capitals beat the Jets 4-1 on the scoreboard for Advantage Trailer Rentals, your one-stop source for commercial trailer rentals. Visit AdvantageTrailerRentals.com. Uh, great moment in Washington. Jets lined up to shake Ovi's hand uh, after the game. Well, the respect for what he is as a hockey player uh, and what he's accomplished. Uh, I mean, I don't... Looking years ago when you're looking into the future and you're saying, okay, Gretzky's always... No one's ever going to break that record. And, you know, no one's ever going to break Howe's record either. And now Howe's record is... Well, Howe's number has now been passed and he's 92 goals away from from Gretzky and uh, the way he's scoring, that's that's two seasons. I, I, it's it's a... It's absolutely incredible that he is, at this age, scoring 40 and 50 goals a season. And we, we watched the, the open net goal. He scored six of those this year. I mean, he, he didn't look at the net, and all he did was flick his wrists. Like, if I would have flicked my wrist like he did, my, the puck would have went six feet. And his <laughs> went from the blue line into the back of the net. Uh, it is, he's an incredible goal scorer that... Uh, is rewriting the, the NHL history book. And it's the chase. It's not going to be, I think there's going to be a lull now watching Ovi this year because he's now got to 800. He's got to Gordie Howe. But late next year and the year after, every night you're gonna, it's going to be the Ovi watch on whether when he's going to break Wayne Gretzky's unbreakable record. Coyotes beat the Kings 2-1 in a shootout. Blues are leading the Golden Knights with about five minutes left in the third. After two, Calgary's up 2-1 in Anaheim. Boston wins 4-3 at the Devils. Bruins are 27-4-2. Hurricanes hang on against the Flyers 6-5. It was 6-2 for the Hurricanes at one point. The Islanders knock off the Panthers 5-1. Avalanche in overtime, 3-2 against the Preds. Dallas wins 4-2 against Montreal. Chicago beating Columbus 5-2. World Junior tune-up game, Canada 5, Finland 3. Raptors win 118-107 over Cleveland. And, of course, right here at Rogers Place, uh, Vancouver beating Edmonton 5-2. Back to the certainty hotline. Anish is on the line. Anish, go ahead. Robin Reed. Uh, first and foremost, Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays to you both. Um, I guess my question for you guys: uh, Listen to what the coach had to say, what uh, Coach Woodcroft had to say. That now there's no moral victories, and they have high expectations going forward, which obviously they had starting at the beginning of the season. So, if you're if you're Jay Woodcroft, and I believe one of the speakers had asked uh, before, like if you pull something what John Tortorella did in Philadelphia with Kevin Hayes, and, you know, it's now the team making a mistake. Could you potentially see maybe a top forward being pulled uh, or benched just to jumpstart the team and say to the guys, say, hey, you know what, if we keep making these mistakes, this is what's going to happen, and we need everybody to step up. I don't see them pulling anyone out of the lineup. I mean, the Philadelphia Flyers are a bad hockey club near the bottom of the standings, and they're on a, a horrible streak right now and i know what it is but if they there's what one win in 15 or something silly like that uh, they're not I, I, they're not going to pull anyone out of the lineup out of their top six or seven players but i do believe you need to hold all players accountable and you don't have to pull someone out of the lineup to hold them accountable i mean there's ice time uh, you know what if you defensively you fly the zone or you turn away from your check in your own zone to try to create an offensive chance you have a conversation you do it again all right well maybe we'll hold you back a shift 
and I do believe that needs to come into consideration. I think uh, the Oilers at times have been loose in their own zone, and it, it has cost them. This is a team the Oilers have enough, and, and their fifth top, as you said, Reed, their top five in the NHL in scoring. They score enough to win hockey games, but you, you can't continue to give up three, four goals against because when you start playing the better teams, those teams don't give up three, four against, and you're going to find yourself on the wrong side. So I don't believe players will be pulled out of the lineup, but I do believe you have to hold them accountable, and the best way to do that is ice time. All right, we'll go to Daniel, 7804960063. Go ahead, Daniel. Hey, guys, just wanted to be the uh, yeah, voice of optimism tonight. I mean, sometimes you got to tip your hat to the other team. Vancouver Canucks played a great game tonight. Still uh, pretty confident here as an Oilers fan. I mean, we got McDavid. We're still right in the middle of the pack here. And I uh, just wanted to know your guys' opinion on third-string goalies. So what's the deal with Delio? And Anaheim was the same story on, on Saturday. So. Yeah, well, that is pretty amazing. That's a, a good point. And Eric Comrie had a huge game here as well. In all I honesty, mean, you hope the, you hope it, the good offensive players uh, are going to overcome the, the great goaltending and the, and the great well, defending, but... Well, well third-string goaltenders are, are guys that are either up-and-coming or they're really good American Hockey League goaltenders. A really good American Hockey League player is capable of playing in the National Hockey League and having success. They're just not capable of doing it consistently. So I think when you see a third-string line or third string goaltender come up and play, they're capable of having fantastic nights of having a 40-save night, a 50-save night. They're absolutely capable of doing that. They just can't do it night after night after night, and that's why they're in the minors. So when you see these guys come up, there's probably a little extra adrenaline going when they're playing against the Oilers. Uh, the excitement level playing against Connor, playing against Leon, uh, being the fact that it's a Canadian city. So they push even harder in these games to have big nights, to have fun nights. And so... These guys are guys that have big nights that you might not hear from again for a year or two, but they are capable at this level on one-offs to do what Delio did tonight and to do what that kid from Anaheim did a couple nights ago. And uh, Delio, the third star tonight, Horvat with... Horvat was just the second star? With four, four points. points. Okay, they gave Miller <laughs> the first star. The uh, fourth star is for Jandel Holmes, Alberta's premier modular home retail. I guess we give it to Derek Ryan. Yeah. Since he got his fifth goal. Fifth goal and a, a pretty move. That uh, was a really nice move that he made on the, the breakaway. One of the guy, few players that, that uh, was able to solve Delia tonight. And uh, at that point, you're thinking, okay, this is going to be the Oilers' game. Their fourth-line guy got a goal for them. Things are going to be good for them. They get the big goal at the end of the first period. But after that, the Vancouver Canucks found a way to come back and win another game and a comeback on the road. All right, let's go back down to the Oilers dressing room. Here is Captain Connor McDavid. Home record, uh, home performance is going to be starting to be a bit of an issue for you guys. You're not playing very well here right now. Uh, yeah, I would agree. You know, obviously we haven't been good enough at home and haven't been finding ways to get wins. So what happens after the first period when you're all over and then it's just like a totally different game? Yeah, I mean, that's the question, right? That's the question of the game. Um, you know, obviously, we had a good start, start we wanted, and you know, we cough it up. Um, you know, obviously, not the second period we wanted, but we still had a chance, and um, got to find a way to uh, win that game. There's just no way around it. Connor, the exact same record for this team through 35 games since last year. How would you maybe compare the, the two years, uh, last versus this? Well, I would say last year was, uh, you know, we got off to a racing start, and then fell off a cliff halfway through and um, 
that's kind of how we ended up here. And I would say this this time around, we've just kind of gone up and down. And it's been a bit of a roller coaster. So um, two different ways to get to the same record. And, um, yeah. Wonder what about their penalty kill made them successful tonight, Connor? We didn't put it in the net. <laughs> that was the bottom line. You know, we, we created well well enough chance, you know, more than enough chances. And, um, just didn't uh, didn't put one in. I'm not sure what to think. Like a goalie like Colin Dealey has a really good night in here tonight. He's very good. Mm -hmm. The kid from Anaheim has a really good night. Mm -hmm. After a while, when the young goalies keep coming and having great nights, we maybe should be wondering: Is it the goalie? Is it you guys fixing the score? What is it? Uh, it's It's probably both. It's probably both. You know, give credit where credits due. The, the you know he played well, and um, we've had goalies come in here and play well. And, um, yeah. That's a hard question. <laughs> just to you know, follow up on what I asked earlier, I just wonder if there's anything that you feel you, you might, as a team, want to change uh, the most over the, the next the 47 games or so. Is there something you can kind of put your finger on? Um, a lot of um, little things, maybe. Yeah, a lot of little things. It's just you know, it's uh, it's a little bit like whack-a-mole right now. It's, it's uh, you know, one problem pops up and we solve that, and then another one pops up. So um, obviously, just consistency, consistency throughout our whole game. You know. Five on five, penalty kill, power play, um, all of it just needs to be, uh, you know, consistent on a on a on a on a more nightly basis. So do you need obviously Calgary's cast? That's the kind of game you need to wipe this one away and play Calgary. Or does it matter who you're playing at this time? It doesn't matter who we play. It's a big game. No matter who we're playing. Obviously, Calgary, we, we know the, the history there. So um, it's a big game for us. Um, it's a bottom line. All right. That is Connor McDavid. Did get his 30th goal of the season tonight, which is pretty incredible. But uh, that was the last time the Oilers scored in the final five seconds of the first period as the Canucks win at 5-2. Uh, keeping an eye on that Calgary game. They're up 2-1 on the Ducks after two. Shots are 32-11 for Calgary. <laughs> so, so there's other teams out there that are sneak-pitting the, around the net well, as well. They're, they're winning, though. They're winning, but it's one of those things, too, that we've seen where Anaheim is now one shot away from tying a game when they probably shouldn't be in the game. Uh, Goaltending, it's a great equalizer, and we've seen that, that a number of times. Dostal's the goalie. Is that the kid that? Yes, the, that played here. It's pretty good against stop, Alberta stop teams. 30 out of 32. Speaking of goalies, we got goalie Greg on the Certainty Hotline. Double G, go ahead. Hey, just a couple quick stats. Uh, I didn't actually. I really called in to just say Merry Christmas to you guys, but I heard some couple calls anyway. Um, I really like Clem Costin. I like the way he plays. I think he should stay in the lineup all the time. Um, also, just want to let everybody know, Ovechkin is at uh, point. 6-1 goals per game. Gretzky's at .6. And Lemieux is at .75. Yabox is at .76. However, that being said, if, you know, that goes down when you age and stuff like that. But just a fun stat to get things going. Uh, Lemieux would have had, uh, was, would, if he stayed healthy and played the same amount of games as Gretzky, he would have 1,121 goals. So that record would never be untouchable. Just something fun to talk about. I know you know, as as players age in their career, that it, it uh, you know they they don't keep up that pace. But it's just something fun to think about. So Merry Christmas, guys! Have a happy New Year, and uh, to you and your families, and uh, enjoy the the winter cold that we're receiving right now. Cheers, guys! Yeah, thanks, goalie Greg. Well, I mean, one of the thing that's when when you talk about Gretzky and how and Ovechkin and these players that have the longevity is the fact that they did stay healthy. And that's part of 
part of the the lore of them is that they were able to play all these games because they're playing in the same ranks as yeah. the guys that don't play as much. Mary Lemieux was, I played with him, absolutely incredibly talented. Uh, I remember the year he was trying to chase down Wayne Gretzky's 51-game streak of points. And the last 10 games that he played, or 10 or 12 games, the trainers were tying his skates because he couldn't bend over. His back was so bad. Trainers had to tie his skates and untie his skates at the end of the night. And I think he got to 43 or 44 games, and he got up on the bench in Buffalo and just left the ice because he was in too much pain. So you need a little bit of luck. You certainly need good health to score the goals or set the records or that some of the greats in our game have set over the course of the of their careers. Yeah, and but plus he had 199 points one year, right? And if he wasn't injured, would have had 200 like Gretzky had a few times. Well, and so. if I hadn't got hurt that year, I probably would have been able to find yeah, him. Yeah, you, you would have had yeah. tons of points and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's, uh, it is fun watching. It's fun when you, on a nightly basis, we get to watch two of the best players in the world here in Edmonton and turn on the highlights when you go home and see some of the, the skill level of the players in the National Hockey League now is the best it's ever been. And Alex Ovechkin has found a way to make himself relevant at a, a later age in a new, fast, skilled league. He still finds a way to put the puck in the net. Oilers lose 5-2 whenever Edmonton scores five or more in a game like they did against Dallas the other night. We turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Ched.com. That would allow you to print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village, Edmonton's favorite steakhouse. Reserve your party today at jvedmonton.ca. We'll go back to the Certainty Hotline. We have Tony. Just wanted to say Merry Christmas to you guys. Um, I have a question for you guys, and this is more about... You know, I like I respect Holland for not making a trade yet because you know you can make a trade could backfire. But I'm wondering now, trade deadline is in March, right? We're heading into you know, we're heading into two pretty important months where we can get a lot of points or we can pretty much lose it. Do you think Holland is either do you think Holland should be on the hot seat because maybe he hasn't Maybe made not like a blockbuster trade, not like a blockbuster trade, but a guy like you know who doesn't cost a lot but can help our defense. Well, I, uh, I think he'll be on the hot seat if they miss the playoffs. But uh, every general manager in the National Hockey League right now is trying to make his team better. Every national, every team in the National Hockey League right now is having the same issues. There's cap issues. I, I was it two thirds of the teams in the NHL are up against the cap. So a to make a trade, you've got to have money. You've got to move money out to get money in, and it's not easy. There's t trades just aren't being made in the National Hockey League because of the, the constraints of the cap. So uh, I know there's a lot of teams that would love to improve their team, but they can't, and that's one of the problems here in Edmonton. I don't think uh, Kenny Holland is blind to the fact what his team needs to, to be better, but he just doesn't have the cap space to do it with teams because they have the same problems that the Oilers have. But you're right. If if they if the others don't make the playoffs, there's going to be a lot of people on on the hot yeah, seat. Yeah, look, here's here's what's happened. Like fans want trades. They want trades. They want trades. And then and then there's a trade, and then we get calls. Well, no, not that. Yeah. <laughs> well, at the end. But of I mean, if, like eventually he will make a trade. He told yep. Stoff in the interview he's going to make trades. He's going to. He ask. wants to do something. He, I, I believe, he gave even a timeline is in February. Mm -hmm. which to me, he's probably saying, I want to see the team for a few games with Evander Kane back. Well, this is also the same team that went to the Final Four last year, minus Keith and Smith. 
So everyone was pretty excited about this team and the players, they went out and got, he brought Evander Kane back. That was a huge part of that team that went to the Final Four. He went out and got Jack Campbell. That was a, a big signing. It, it hasn't gone as they hoped, but I know that you have your show. Most people were pretty excited about the signing of Campbell, and they were excited of the goalie duo that the Oilers had this year. So, I mean, you're getting rid of players that went to the Final Four last year that we were all pretty excited about that team. Uh, there, things will happen as they get closer to the trade deadline, but... Uh, you're, you're hampered by what you're what he's able to do what he's capable of doing as most teams in the NHL are All right, uh, Oilers fall 5-2 to the Vancouver Canucks uh, Potential trades will be our quick change for <laughs> Jiffy Loop keeping you moving to and from the game Visit your local Jiffy Loop today. Someone handed us a note here in Studio 99. Steve passed me a note He says nurse needs to be traded so Overrated I thought this since his rookie year well, Steve, your scouting prowess is as good as your penmanship. <laughs> Thank you for taking the time to actually write me a note. Uh, Darnell Nurse is not getting traded. He's got he's 9.5 or 9.25 million reasons every game or every year. He's not getting traded. He is he is the Oilers' best defenseman. Yeah, I thought he play, played fine tonight. Yeah, I mean, uh, you can people can question whether he's overpaid or not, but he's he's their best defenseman and. Uh, He's he's not the reason that the Oilers are where they are in the standings. There's a lot of problems right now uh, at times. But still, again, the Oilers are in a playoff spot. All right, Jason and Lyle are up next on the open line. we got to get you the news and weather here. Canucks take it 5-2 over the Oilers. Five straight goals to win this game. Three of them in the third. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chair. Up the right wing, puck sent out. Peterson to Pedersen, and Pedersen gets sent to the ice by Janmark with a solid hit. All right, Yanmark delivering the crunch of the game for Cougar Payton Collision. Our family helping your family for 40 years and counting. It is the Canucks crunching the Oilers 5-2 tonight. Horvat, two goals, two assists. Uh, Pedersen, two assists. Miller, two goals. Garland, two assists. Uh, Myers, two assists, leading the way for the Canucks. Uh, nobody had multiple points for the Oilers. McDavid and Ryan score. Hyman, Dreisaitl, and Fogel each with an assist. So 5-2 is your final. 780-496-0063. We have Jason standing by. Hello, Jason. Go ahead. Hi. How are you today? Good. Good. Okay, I just want to say, first off, um, at the start of the season, when I saw the Oilers playing, and they started off really well with 7-3, and three, and they played New Jersey. And, and, and right in that game, I guess uh, probably uh, three-quarters of the way through, I thought to myself, oh, my goodness, yeah, these guys are for real. You know, after last year, what can you think, right? You know, they went to the, the Western Conference Final and all. But, okay, I, I just want to put it out here. Okay, with all these teams that have won in the Stanley Cup, right? And I don't necessarily think we're a, a, a playoff team all that much. And I, like I said, I just want to throw it out there. Okay, we're not like Lemieux, Yager, or or uh, back in the day like that. Like it's a different NHL. So we got Drysaddle, McDavid. What about you? Don't all these teams that have won? Stanley Cups have had defensemen. We don't have defense. I, I would hate to get rid of Drysaddle or McDavid, but if um, 
maybe uh, pondered the thought of within the next year or two, and, and their contracts are coming to uh, close to the end by then. Um, uh, trading a dry saddle for a, a defenseman, and you, you could get really good role players too. Then I don't know. Yeah, think about it, guys. And Merry Christmas, you guys are awesome. Like I said, long time listener, love you. Well. Obviously, they need defense, yep. and they don't need it in two years. They need it now. I, I don't think they're going to trade Drysaddle well, to do that. Leon Drysaddle might be on the best contract in the National Hockey League. Uh, for what I that's mean, a good point. So I, that's not a contract that you trade. So I, I, I do not see them trading Leon and or Connor. But the one thing that, and we've had callers talk about Ryan Nugent Hopkins in the past, to get something really good, which the, which this caller and a lot of callers want. You have to give up something really good. Yeah. You you don't you don't get handed you don't put put a package of six players that you don't want, and give it to a team and they're going to give you a really good player. So, uh, getting a great player, a player that everyone wants to, to be on, uh, to carry at the back end of the Edmonton Oilers to do that, you got to give up quite a bit. So, uh, I I don't know what they're going to do. I think they just to me they they're capable of playing better defensively. I think that's the biggest thing. They're capable I of agree. doing it. They just haven't done it right and that's and that and i've said this before it, it's it's one thing to say well you you wish this player could do this this and this but if he's not capable mm -hmm. of doing it there comes a point where you have to say well okay then he needs to be you know swapped out or maybe coached but he he's not going to all of a sudden turn into what you want him to be the oilers have they have defended but and the thing for me is is not just the defending they have been better with the puck. Yep, 100%. I, I mean, I don't think, I, and we've talked about this a lot, they're they're not an overly mean team. Nope. Well, no. Nope. And players don't all of a sudden become mean. So, okay, maybe that's, now you can say, well, it, you can trace the draft history, whatever, but this, the current roster, they're not overly mean. So, all right, you can criticize them for that, but it's probably not a real, realistic expectation for them to play consistently meaner. I think it is realistically, it is realistic for them to be more responsible with the puck, mm -hmm. including some of the players. I mean, Nurse and Bouchard have taken a lot of criticism on the back end, primarily this year, but other players at times. The Oilers have been better with the puck. They have got the puck out of their own zone better. They have played a safer, uh, more responsible game. We just saw them do it two nights ago. Mm-hmm. Well, not only the more responsible puck management-wise, but also uh, in their own zone with going to the right checks, uh, staying in the, uh, the as you always talk about the, the area in front of the net. That's the dangerous area. Don't that, that's not a place that you go a flyby. That's a place that you stand your ground until you're in a safe spot. The the others are capable of doing. That. You you can't go and tell a Devin Shore or or a Brad Malone say you know what we need you to be a 30 goal scorer. They, they're not capable but you can tell a bunch of other players that are on the other to say we need you to be better defensively and we know that because we've seen them be better defensively and to me the Edmonton Oilers right now are a team that can win any game because they are offensively gifted but they're a team that is allows other teams to stay involved in the game because they leak grade a scoring chances against and that's what happened in tonight's game. They had enough chances to win this game, but they also gave the Vancouver Canucks enough grade-A looks to allow the Vancouver Canucks to win the game. All right, we also have Lyle on the line. Lyle, go ahead. Hey, guys. Appreciate your uh, after-hour show to every night after the Oilers games. But, you know, I just want to talk about uh, the defense. I keep talking about how we have 
a little or lack of it. And I just think we should perhaps open up some cap space there by dealing nurse. You know, you guys are by nurse fans from the last. Nurse, yeah, like, yeah, like nurse I, I don't know how that happens. He's got, what's he have, seven years left or eight years left at $9 million? No, this is the first year. Uh, was it an eight-year deal? Yes. So he, you got Darnell Nurse. He makes $9.25 million for the next eight years. You you can't trade those contracts. I'm not saying they should. I think Darnell Nurse. And he uh, has no he has uh, no move. No move. So he's he's going nowhere. So Darnell Nurse. Well, later on, later on. Yeah, sorry. but not not right. Oh, not he right can now. right now. So, but he's yeah. You're not, you're, that's a contract. You can't move that contract. But but again, I I I, I get it. I, I mean, is 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 he a 9.25 million dollar defenseman? He isn't. That's what he got paid. But. It, Again, all the people who are saying, well, he's underperforming, so let's trade him. Well, other NHL teams are probably thinking the same thing. You know, it's, 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 if Oilers fans are thinking, okay, I wish he were making seven, let's trade the contract. Well, teams who are gonna, might be wanting to acquire him are going to think about, okay, I, I don't want to give him 9.25. I well, wish he was limiting seven. And then if you are, if you are trading him, uh, you better be getting someone better back, and that's pretty hard to do in the NHL as well. You're right. I mean, he's a guy that plays 25 minutes a night for the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, put it this way, Darnell Nurse is not going anywhere. It's that simple. He's not going anywhere. I think Darnell Nurse at times this year has not played up to what he's capable of doing. I think we, we know he can be a better defenseman. They just need him to be that better defenseman. It's that simple. All right, you're going to hear from Derek Ryan. We'll also get to Aaron up next on the Certainty Hotline. Canucks take it 5-2. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 chair. Up the right wing. A play it out. Breakaway pass to Derek Ryan. He's in. He scores! Derek Ryan! All right, that opened the scoring tonight, though the Oilers go on to lose 5-2 to Vancouver. Here is Derek Ryan. Derek, do you get a sense that you guys had the start you wanted in this game, but they just kind of seemed to elevate throughout? Yeah, I would agree with that. I thought we came out strong, had a good start. Felt like we took the game over a little bit, and then we uh, let off the gas, and uh, they took over, and I didn't think we were very good defensively. Gave up too many chances, and, and uh, yeah. You get a sense that you guys had your looks, but for the Canucks, it kind of seemed like they were just opportunistic, that opportunities would pop up for them and they'd take advantage. Yeah, I saw the same thing. I don't think scoring goals is a problem here. I've said that a million times. I think it's we got to work on uh, playing better defense. That doesn't mean just our defensemen. That's forwards, wingers, centermen, goalies, and defensemen. Um, yeah. Derek, the exact same record through 35 games since last year. How would you maybe compare the two years last year as this? Um, completely different years. I honestly don't even think about last year. Uh, this is a new year, new group, and um, working towards the same goal, obviously, to get to the playoffs, but it doesn't even cross my mind. The last, last year, the last 47 games were, were tremendous. What do you think you guys need to do to, to get back on that type of role like you did throughout the back half of last year? Um, more consistent, better defensively. What's more disturbing, last year starting so well and then falling off the cliff? 
and then getting it back, or this year where you, you look good for a while and then fall back and then look good and then fall back? Or is it the same? Yeah, I don't think uh, think about it like that, to be honest, compare the two. So um, we're just going to go into this break and hopefully get a little reset and come back stronger. Have you found, this team found their identity yet, whatever it is? Do you know what it is yet? I think so. I think there's been been spurts of it, and that's the consistency thing we're talking about there is where you have to show that night in and night out, which is hard in this league. We're doing it a lot. December's been a grind of a month, but, yeah, I think our identity's out there, but not on a consistent basis. All right, that is Derek Ryan, always uh, usually pretty well-spoken and yep. blunt when he talks as uh, the Oilers lose 5-2 tonight to the Vancouver Canucks. Well-spoken and good on breakaways as that was, at that point, a highlight of the game and one that you thought was going to be a catalyst and the Oilers going on to victory with a, a big goal from their fourth-line player. But unfortunately, it kind of dried up after the first period for the Edmonton Oilers offensively. All right, 780-496-0063. We have Aaron standing by. Hi, Aaron. Go ahead. Hey, guys. Merry Christmas to all. Uh, quick question. Two things I see on this team. A little bit of sandpaper and some veteran leadership. How do you think uh, we address those two things here before the deadline or at the deadline? Get Duncan Keith to come back. <laughs> and Mike Smith. Um, a, a good point. Uh, I think that they tried getting a little sandpaper in Clem Coston, and I thought he had an outstanding game for the Oilers tonight uh, physically. Uh, made a really nice play uh, on a two-on-two on two as well. So that I think players like that, they'll get a little more sandpaper when Evander Kane gets back into the lineup actually that'll be more than a little sandpaper that's a lot of sandpaper when he gets back uh, but you're right I think that in a perfect world the the Oilers would have much more sandpaper on their back end and to me I think that's what they're probably going to be looking for as this season moves on uh, a trade that brings them in someone that can play in their top four that has some meanness some toughness uh, a great example is on the Canucks and Luke Shen the way he played now Luke Shen's foot speed is not anywhere near what the Oilers defensemen are, but he plays with meanness, he plays with toughness. I think that's what the Oilers could use some nights. As far as veteran leadership, uh, I think they missed the swagger of both Smith and, and Keith, uh, but this is Connor and Leon's team, and that's where they're going to get their swagger from. All right, 7804960063 if you want to check in. Uh, the Oilers, again, disappointing home ice record, 9-9-1 and now on the season as they lose 5-2 to Vancouver. The Canucks are a decent road team now, nine, six, and two on the year. As, as I, uh, you know, another thing, and I don't think he's playing bad, I mean, but Skinner's not absolutely on fire like he was his mm -hmm. first five or six starts. You know, weird goal tonight. Very uh, strange, yep. But still went in. One that you would expect him to gave, stop. Gave the Canucks a little bit of life. Well, gave him huge life. Uh, at that point, it's 2 nothing. The Oilers, their next goal, they extend the lead to three, and it's probably game over. And again, a weird goal, but one that he would normally stop, and you would expect him to stop. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I do believe that uh, some nights the, the Oilers goaltenders make big saves, but they give up too many grade-A scoring chances against that all of a sudden a game the goalie has gives up three or four, and you're like, he had a really good game yet. He gave up three or four. So I think that's part on the Oilers defensively. But yes, I think there is a, that goal for sure Stuart Skinner would love to have back. Okay, 5-2, the Canucks take it. We'll back for some final thoughts. Hartland Ford, overtime open line. 
Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 chair. Nothing, nothing game here. Ovechkin in along the right side and a shot. He scores! And there it is! The goal that ties Gordy Howe! They try to feed Ovechkin. He's got If Genny says, oh, no, you don't. But they get to the shot, and now the shot in for the outside. And Alex Ovechkin, 8-0-2. All right, there's the history-making goals tonight by Ovechkin in the 4-1 win over the Jets. So he is the second leading goal scorer in NHL history, trailing only Wayne Gretzky, uh, Mark Howe. They played a message for him. Uh, Gordy's son after that goal tonight. So pretty cool moment there. You mentioned Derek Ryan, and you had me look this up a few days ago. We didn't talk about it on air. Uh, Natural st- Stat Trick is a great website for mm-hmm. a bunch of different stats. So five-on-five goals per 60 minutes. Okay? So very specific stat. Yep. Uh, Derek Ryan is fourth on the Oilers. McDavid has 1.38. So these are goals per 60 minutes played, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Kane has 1.11. Nugent Hopkins has 1.05. Derek Ryan has 0.99. It, it's, it's funny because I know a lot of people talk about the, the Oilers need better depth scoring. I say, well, a lot of these guys don't get the ice time to do it. And Derek Ryan with five goals is ahead of a Ted lot of Leon players. And Hyman. Yeah. Because goals it, per, even strength goals. So per it, minutes, yeah. And it's, it's not easy scoring. And then, and think about it too Connor and Evander and Nuge, all three ahead of them, are all playing with Connor, Evander, with, and yeah, Kane, and Dryman, and Drysaddle, yeah. and all that. Derek Ryan is playing with bottom six players, and good on Derek Ryan. He's he's carved out a very nice career for himself, and he continues to be impressive here for the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, good pass by Fogel. Oh, fantastic yeah. pass by Fogel. Put it right on his stick, didn't have to lose stride, and he went in, he had a clear idea of what he was going to do when he went in on that move, and he made absolutely no mistake. That was a wonderful move. Flames and Ducks now tied at two with 8-11 left in the third. Shots are 39-19 for Calgary. And uh, Vegas got the win over St. Louis, 5-4 in a shootout. Vegas tied it on the power play with a minute 36 left. Uh, Stevenson got the goal, Chandler Stevenson. So uh, Vegas gets uh, two points there. And did I mention the Arizona score? Arizona beat the Kings 2-1 in a shootout. Well, Kings got a point, Arizona. Actually, Arizona isn't the easy out that everyone expected. They do give teams a little bit of a, a battle. Well, they must be happy to be playing some home games. <laughs> it was a, what was it 14 in a row to start the season? Well, what was it? I think it was, wasn't it 25 out of 29? Something, Something like that. Something like that, yeah. Uh, they're, they're back in their practice. I mean, main rink with the 5,000 fans. Yeah, they're 4-3-2 and two at home. So, you know. That's, that's the Oilers are 500 at home. Arizona's Arizona. a game over 500 at home. <laughs> now, they haven't played as many games, but just for some context. All right, Rob, uh, Christmas break here for the players, and then right back at it. So they're no, nobody's allowed to do anything. 24, mm-hmm. t- 25, 26. So usually what happens? The morning skate will be here on Tuesday, and then they'll go to Calgary for the game in the evening. Yeah, they'll come in. They'll try to get some turkey legs out of them and and work a little harder in their morning skate on Tuesday than they normally would. Uh, Usually the the first game after Christmas is a little sloppy. There'll be a lot of miscues, which makes for much more exciting hockey. Uh, But it's a chance right now for... Seasons are long. 
and it's it's nice having a couple days. When I played, they only had two days off. The NHLP and the NHL now does, now does three days. I think it's an important reset for both the physical and mental part for the players. Uh, and it's time. It, I, but I can tell you from 100% experience, it would have been much nicer having three days off with a win under your belt instead of a loss on home ice to the Vancouver Canucks. Rob, Merry Christmas to you and your family. Same to you. Hope it's a safe and wonderful few days of holidays. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy and Troy Bowler for their technical work this evening. We've been live in Studio 99, Oilers Hockey, presented by Friesen Brothers. That game against the Flames is Tuesday the 27th. 5.30 face-off show, puck drop at 7 here on 6.30 Chet. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Canucks beat the Oilers 5-2. Have a Merry Christmas.